And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. You know, Aaron, um, we've talked we've talked a bit about this before on the show, um, specifically the idea of family. Um, we talked about it a little bit in Journey to Babel. And we also talked about it in Haven. Um, it's kind of like a recurring thing that crops up. So we're going to um, really kind of um, get into it today, Aaron. So my question is, what exactly is family in the broader sense i think it's just like a sense of community um in a more personal sense i think it's it's like people you feel kinship towards people you would describe as your people right that that that's family not everybody has that which is unfortunate you know as i as we were prepping for this episode, like I was thinking about, I'm like, it's kind of interesting. It's like, if you really think about it, we can be really broad with the term in our culture and our lexicon, yet it seems to also have a very specific connotation. Like as, as broad as we are with the term, we don't just apply it to anyone. So it's kind of, kind of an interesting word we kind of both throw around and hold on to <laughs> um, close to the chest. Um, when I worked at Chili's, they said we were a family. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, and how how did that work out, Aaron? How did that family did that family last? Uh, I guess I was the black sheep of that family. Oof. Okay. Um, yeah, community and kidship uh, definitely things that Star Trek uh, loves to get into. So, yeah, we'll see if um, the episode we're watching today has anything to say about it. I imagine it will. Um, as today on Star Trek stories. Um, we are watching Family. Yay. This is episode 33 of our podcast. Um, yes, welcome to the show, everyone. I am your first-rate host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined here by my grand co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How's your day been, Aaron? Grand. Well, yes, this is the final episode in our look at the TNG Renaissance. Um, we have once again come to the end of another episode selection, and I think it's safe to say that these last few episodes have been an improvement over um, <laughs> our last selection of episodes from season one of Next Generation. <laughs> They've been fun. It's been that, a delight to just sit back and be like, oh, yeah some good star trek oh thank god mm. these are the good ones <laughs> <laughs> we made it <laughs> um yes uh last time we watched the all-time classic the best of both worlds part du um where we successfully convinced my sibling Aaron that tng is the best star trek show of all time unfortunately we don't have Aaron on today to reaffirm um that tng is indeed the best one but we have a new guest host with us on the show today Coming in over subspace frequencies, uh, we have our good friend, the very lovely Matthew Ross, is on the show today. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Thank you for calling me lovely. I'm I'm honored to be here, and I will hope to live up to your prior hosts. And I'm glad to be part of the last part of the Star Trek Renaissance to talk about family. Family. Yes, you are our big um, season finale guest. Um, so you better live up to it. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Um, hey, 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 no pressure. Don't no pressure. <laughs> okay. I, I uh, locked my family out of the room. Does that actually count for something? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's 
That's like six so what points. E- what exactly is family? Um, the answer is, of course, the people I lock out of the room. Uh, obligation. Uh, a pleasant obligation. In a more community sense, in a very personal, literal sense. The people you lock out of the rooms in your life. Yeah. All out of love, of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Matt is one of our show's longest listeners um, and one of our biggest supporters. Um Frequent contribution to our Discord. Um, yeah, it's worth Probably joining. Far more than the co-host. Hip- Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you lazy git. It's worth joining just to see Busy. my brother Kai and Matt uh, share their um, esoteric thoughts on Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Matt. We actually met on the discord group of another podcast that we both uh both listen to um the penske file um they're also watching they've been doing star trek for a long time on that show um as far as a bunch of other things so uh, we definitely met there and um <laughs> definitely realized we have a similar uh, sense of uh star trek humor and uh lore knowledge <laughs> well i bow to you since you're sitting in the captain's chair <laughs> I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take it. Um, um, so I guess that's a good place to start um, our shared uh, Star Trek fandom. Um, t- uh, so for you, Matt, everyone has a different place like where they come at this from. Some people started later. Some people started earlier. Where does your Star Trek fandom start? Well, I actually started when I was like, although this sounds bizarre, in the 70s because I'm old. Uh, I was a child and I saw the original series on New York station WPIX. And I just loved it all the time. I had the Star Trek utility belt that tells you how serious I was into it, you know, with the phasers and my parents, my dad would always make fun of me going, how could you like that show? He would say like that. And (laughs) eventually I, I also uh, joined a Star Trek club and in fact ran one in New York. And then, uh, Went to the conventions all the times. Yes, even in uniform. I even worked uh, for a very short time for Majel Barrett at her Lincoln Enterprises table when they announced Next Gen. I saw that and I met other fans and friends through this. And I try to use Star Trek a little bit in every day, even to quoting it. Uh, I think uh, uh, I've done that in my job on, as like I said, I was an attorney. I know that sounds terribly boring, but... I even quote Star Trek on the record, which actually was humorous. Um, and <laughs> there we are. I even got my wife into it. She uh, was not a Star Trek person, but uh, she became part of the body. And she herself quoted because she's also an attorney. In fact, we met as adversaries. So she uh, even quoted the Borg in one of her legal papers saying resistance is futile in her papers. And that was pretty humorous. So, you know, and I got all that stuff. and. My kids are, well, they've more into now Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft, but they still watch the Star Trek stuff. So it's that's actually a good thing. So it's and I have all this stuff in my office and too much memorabilia, according to someone I married. <laughs> there you go. Do you think like the, you know, whether it's fandom in general or um, the Star Trek fandom, it, it does that count as a family? Is that something like that? It, exists as like a family in your in your head i don't know how how would we describe the fandom as a whole (laughs) maybe dysfunctional sad but functional now it's uh (laughs) (laughs) that's a movie line (laughs) 
Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I. It's kind of hard to say. I wouldn't say it's actually. You could say it's a family. It's a family of shared ideas and uh, and experiences. We all have have a general uh, like and dislike of various versions of the show. We can debate on our warp co- co- coefficients or not. Say who's the prettiest captain or not, or what do you think of that uniform or how dumb was that episode? So I think that's just like having a family. Of, uh, it's it's the equivalent of saying, "How was your day?" Wow, it was great. After after gym class, we talked about blank. It's you know to that extent, but uh, it's it's not it's it's a sort of family. It's a family of shared enjoyment of a of an entertainment property. How's that? Okay. Um, and then I guess speaking more specifically, I mean, what in your eyes, you know, if we're asking the question, what exactly is a family? I don't know what, what kind of pops to your head as to like your perceptions on what a family is. Well, you mean in, in, as a, uh, family unit like mine, again, it's, uh, it's a shared group of experiences and things that you discover new about each other each, each time and learning and, uh, growing with each other. It's not just jokingly obligation, but there's that, but there's a shared experience that you have with each other as a unit that uh, can make yourself grow and help your other members of your family grow by listening to different ideas and having thoughts and supporting each other as well. So you have all those things interacting. It's not one magic bullet that says, I don't know if bullet's a great word for family, but it's not one <laughs> magic Sometimes. uniting force it's <laughs> that'd also be the wrong franchise it's not one uniting thing it's a group of group of different facets that tie us all together that bind us that flow through us mm, that surrounds <laughs> us and penetrates us and penetrates us oh yeah <laughs> like a federation <laughs> <or> a, a <laughs> for- <laughs> <laughs> yeah Gandalf. It's interesting to think about. It's something that we definitely, to some degree, take for granted. Uh, it's just kind of interesting when you kind of get into it's like, you know, especially if you start throwing around other words, like say, what makes family different than friendship, and why why do we use one word over the other? And um, it's 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 interesting to think about. Um, I'll be curious if this episode gives us any, I don't know, uh, more insights. I would hope so, um, <laughs> because of its title. Um, should we watch, um, our little episode and see, um, if we get those insights? What do y'all say? No. No. no we're good. I wanted to see Code of Honor again. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully this one won't be as problematic. Um, cause yes, we are indeed watching Family today. Um, this premiered October 1st, 1990. Uh, this is the fourth episode produced uh, for the fourth season, but this was aired second. Um, this is a follow-up or a kind of epilogue to the um, previous Best of Both Worlds storyline where we see the board kidnap and assimilate uh, Captain Picard and use um, him to launch an invasion of the Federation. Um the crew of the Enterprise, they defeat the Borg, they rescue Captain Picard, but in the end, and we talked about this last episode, Aaron, there's that final shot of Picard looking out the window. Um, 
where you know that kind of staring out into space wondering if anything's ever going to be the same again oh um, yeah it's just the total energy shift at the end of that episode oh <laughs> leading into the credits mm-hmm. heavy uh, he, is, he is not okay no 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 yeah so this is a follow-up to that and um if you're new to star trek and watching all this for the first time so at the time what we're about to watch now this was a very unique and atypical um episode for star trek to do um up until this point the franchise had been very episodic both in the og show and next gen up to this point and only rarely did they follow up on events after storylines um but in this case the writers felt like well we have to do we can't just jump into some random episode next week we have to this is too big not to address um so so like the episodes that preceded this the best of both worlds this is also kind of a big deal at the time and and it been in a different way um so one of the things we can look at is like to see how well this episode follows up on kind of um, best of both worlds. Um, another unique thing about this one is there is essentially no space stuff in this episode. This is a full on character piece. Um, and this was more or less the franchise did the first time the franchise did anything like this. Uh, so that it's, it's also like, that's another first for this episode. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Star Trek plays when it sheds all the science science fiction stuff and just focuses strictly on the character drama um and then one final thing for any of you newbies out there who are listening and this is your first time watching star trek um there has been a story arc going on with Worf um in the background during this time in the show none of the episodes we've watched on our show up to this point have like covered any of this um but all you need to know is that Currently in the show, Worf is essentially exiled um, from his people, which has been very difficult for our favorite little grumpy Klingon on the bridge. Um, okay, so for those of you at home who are going to watch along with us, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 4, Episode 2, and we will be back after we watch Family. for it, you know. Yes, but you needed it. You have been terribly hard on yourself. You don't know, Robert. You don't know. They took everything I was. They used me to kill and to destroy and I couldn't stop them. So, 
My brother is a human being after all. This is going to be with you a long time, Jean-Luc. A long time. You have to learn to live with it. You have a simple choice now. Live with it below the sea with Louis, or above the clouds with the Enterprise. After all, I got in come back so that you could help me. Yeah. You know what? I still don't like you, Jean-Luc. So we just got done watching Family. Um, in case you haven't watched this before or didn't watch it with us, um, there's a few things that happens in this one. There's this one has an A, B, and a, the rare C plot. You don't always see the the C plot, but um, you essentially have in story A, you have Captain. Bic- they, they are still recovering from the incident with the Borg. They're in orbit of earth getting repairs. Um, so everyone's basically on shore leave. Captain Picard in the a story beams down to his home village in France and reunites with his estranged brother and his family and, uh, him and his brother kind of get into it. They definitely have like a history of kind of button heads and, um, Picard is also actually thinking about maybe not going back to Starfleet. Uh, but in the end, his brother essentially, literally knocks sense into him. Uh, (laughs) um, And then Picard realizes that, yeah, I need to go back and um, I need to have, I need to keep doing what I'm doing, but realizing that I do have the support and my, uh, I need to keep going. Um, And the peace story wharfs human adoptive parents come aboard and we get to meet them for the first time. Um, And as we mentioned at the beginning, He's basically an exile from his people and he's been dealing with it alone. And basically they're trying to kind of, he won't open up to them and they're trying to kind of help him deal with it. Uh, and eventually they have a little heart to heart and let him know that they are there for him and he opens up to them. And then in the C plot, um, our beloved Wesley Crusher, um, him and his mom realizes that there is a message that his de- his long deceased dad recorded for him when he was a little kid and only now is Wesley getting to kind of see it so Wesley gets to have a little message from his dad um so yes lots of family stuff going on in this one um we will start with initial thoughts uh Matt initial thoughts coming in off of family well, n- not the Sister Sledge song, but I actually uh, really like this episode. I think that the 
Picard story is actually strikingly similar to the little scene of Captain Pike in the cage. He wants to kind of retire and quit, and he finally realizes, no, I, I don't want to do go home and have picnics and whatever, or raise Atlantis in, in Picard's case. And uh, that, that dynamic between them and the arguments over technology and what they were different lifestyles and sort of a more conservative view versus an expansive view. And just a dynamic of a family of two brothers, not uh, uh, always seeing eye to eye. I'm an only child, but I have brothers-in-law, although they seem to seem to agree quite a lot on, on some things. I have seen them disagree quite vigorously. So I can say that I've seen that. I haven't seen any vines dancing in the background. The, the, the B plot, I thought it was actually very sweet and, it's actually a theme all the way through. You have the estranged support, at least that's what I saw. You have the loving support of parents who will support you, even if you're a serial killer or you are kicked out of the Klingon group. And then you have a, a new father trying to impart to his son that he loves him so much with Wesley and his uh, uh, video message of Jack Crusher to his son. And you know, I, I didn't make a video message for my child, but I've spent a lot of time with both of them uh, doing cutesy fun things and making YouTube videos, which I've shared a couple here, I think. So, I mean, uh, uh, I think it's just very well done all the way through, and it actually feels like actual family dynamic. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people in Star Trek... Uh, maybe I'm overstating it. Um, there is this thing in Star Trek where uh, Starfleet officers are like, you know, just in case I die, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna record a holographic message. Yar, <laughs> Wesley's dad seems to, <laughs> seems to be a thing in the 24th century. Hey, just in case, because it's probably gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> Time to make a standing will. <laughs> yeah, I should look into that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I agree with all that, and um, and you said um, the kind of recurring through line through all this is kind of this um, support dynamic. That's kind of what they seem to be kind of um, if they're trying to my if they're trying to say something with family in this. It seems that like all three stories are kind of honing in on this idea of support um and then maybe to like a um an unspoken on an unspoken level like the crew of the enterprise also kind of shares that same kind of support role and everything um yeah i agree i think they get all those uh, family dynamics really well um aaron uh, initial thoughts coming in on family it's nice to see a piece of picard's family uh a little branch into his life or peak rather behind the scenes. Um, I think they nailed the family dynamic with Worf's parents coming aboard. You know, they're just goofy and they can't help but embarrass their child. And But they're so supportive and they're so loving. It's like we were mentioning before, like just a, a positive example of, of parenting and like good parenting. The angry vines throughout the episode. It <laughs> was so funny. You kept pointing out like, look at these vines. <laughs> Yeah, lots of rustling hedges and vines in this episode. Every shot. <laughs> the director's like, it's too boring. We need more action. 
The triffids were attacking. <laughs> <laughs> the cicadas. I wonder how intentional that is. Um, uh, uh, certainly, to some degree, at the very least, the scene when Picard and his brother Robert like actually get into it, and Picard throws that sucker punch, which seems like it should just knock him out, and he goes over the barrel. And <laughs> but as soon as that empty fi- barrels, yeah, empty barrels. Um, as soon as that fight starts. Man, does do those vines start really whipping? I feel like in that part it has to be intentional, but I wonder how if that actually is some actual choice for the episode. I need more Russell. They don't look alive. We have to show Picard's inner tempest through the rustling of the vines. It's the action scene for the relatively talking episode. <laughs> I really like this one uh, too. Um, this one, you know, when I was putting together this list, this this list of a hundred episodes, and, I, and then I broke it down into chunks. And so, with this chunk, I was like, "Okay, we're looking at when the show basically changes from the the ridiculous <laughs> show it was in the beginning to this all time classic." And I was like, "Well, you know, I get you could end that." You could, and we talked about this in the last couple episodes. But how best of both worlds really is like, in many ways, the culmination of that. It's like, okay, yeah, the show is here. Um, but I, and I think I, you know, a lot of people would point to best of both worlds as the point. Like the this is when the show really. There's no question, the show is definitely here. And from this point on, it's you know not always going to be good, but for the most part, solid episode after solid episode. I almost feel like, though, for me, this is the episode that really solidifies it. Um, like, just because in so many best of both best of both worlds is an extremely ambitious episode, but in a, in a much quieter way, this strikes me as a as a, as an even more ambitious episode, uh, especially for the time. Um, and you know, like in and I think we also talked about this um, last time, how it was around Best of Both Worlds when I, uh, when the show was on and, and, and during its first run, that's kind of when of I have my earliest memories of the show being on um, and, and during its actual first run. And I remember a little bit of like the Picard Borg stuff as a really little kid. But what actually made a bigger impression on me as a little kid is I still remember when Picard and Robert get in the fight and then Picard breaks down. I I remember watching that as a little kid when it first came on, and I still have never forgotten that moment. Like, because Picard and Kirk to me, as like I grew up with these shows equally, um, and Picard and Kirk to me were like unassailable and just like they are nothing is ever going to phase these two like they are un unmovable and so to see him break down in that moment and just kind of crying and saying like i wasn't good enough um that really stuck with me as a kid like i was like oh and then robert even has that line it's like so the great jean-luc picard is human after all I don't know if I remember that line per se, but just that whole thing really stuck with me. And for me, it was very shocking. Uh, it didn't seem possible to me that something like this would happen. Um, 
I don't know. It where. was it was not perfect. I, I I was not a kid when I saw that. Well, mm-hmm. I was I was a bigger kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that also stood out. Um, that the fact that he wasn't perfect because for the first two seasons and up into the third, he was almost robotically perfect. And un, you were like you were saying unassailable, even at this point, And when this film is being shown, even Kirk is not perfect at this point. Although in the original series, there was plenty of episodes where he was not. He was not perfect. But in the movies <laughs> that came out more, obviously, because obviously he was a crab father or he wasn't perceived as a good father. Um, so that fight scene I, always does stand out. And him breaking down, saying he wasn't good enough, because he always seems to have the answers or knows how to coax the correct answers out of his staff and crew. And he's always perfect in every episode for the first three seasons. And to watch him be deconstructed kind of well, physically by the Borg and to be used as a weapon, and he can't do anything about it, it's quite, quite shocking. And as was the 10 week delay in between Bust of Both Worlds one and two. So that uh, you, you were like, how are they going to repair this guy? And when I saw the second half of the Best of Both Worlds and that scene that we were talking about where he's just staring out the window and you know everything has changed, it, it, that's the point where he realizes he's not a Superman or a superhero and that he is broken on some level. And I think that this third piece it's kind of like a continuation the unofficial third part rounds it out and it does bring the entire series to a higher level i love the beginning of the episode with picard and troy it's like yeah troy has a job uh yeah finally finally (laughs) they're back actually being a counselor for once (laughs) yes more of that please you know what's interesting and diane deanna's dress is still terrible i I agree with my wife for saying that. What's with that? I went, you know, you're right. <laughs> Standard issue. Boob my dress. wife's nickname for that's right. My wife's nickname for Deanna is useless. <laughs> so Guinan is the best. Is the best. I feel he's lying. Really? Uh, Guinan is the better counselor. My wife <laughs> tends believe? to agree. Um, so there was a, there was concern with this show with this episode in particular, that not doing any sci-fi stuff, um, it wasn't going to work. And for a while, they were exploring versions of the script where like, okay, there's still going to be some sci-fi thing that happens. But in the end, they were like, if we're going to do this episode, it doesn't work with that. It just has to be just this uh, exploration of the characters. And so actually, that's how the Worf and Wesley stuff got added, just to like... Um, fill out the runtime because they couldn't do this. I think I think the other plot revolved around someone stowing away the Enterprise or something like that. But um, what do you guys think? It's like also people disappearing. <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, does Star Trek work when it does? When it does this, when it jettisons everything else and just focuses on this, like. Is this something they could we we could stand to see more of, or is this like a one time kind of a thing? What do you guys think? I feel like they had something to say for sure with this episode, and in sci-fi, you know, you don't you always need the 
spacey pew pew stuff and it shows up in little details like worst family beaming aboard uh wesley in the holodeck you know what i mean like the sci-fi elements are still there they're much more subtle but they're still there um cleverly used as devices uh it also depends on the writing too because you could say that the newer tracks try and hone in on emotionality but they don't carry it through because that's all they concentrate on and it's not well at least in my opinion the script writing lacks something mm. this has a gravitas to it i maybe because this is more written for as a almost like a stage play and it's more intimate but i think that star trek needs to take a break on occasion from its Basie pew pew is uh, Aaron just said, you know, so we go like, uh, uh, I mean, you, you could go even go back to TOS where it was almost like the fist fight of the week or shooting a phaser or something, but there were moments in it where they drop that and they actually have human motions, whether it's in slight humor or, uh, uh, just how people feel about something or they think about something, whether it's, wondering about the buffalo disappearing from with the salt monster or you know being insulted about humans or or you can even go into the animated series and talk about spock on his own home planet um, but uh you know it, it even carries through even to voyager and enterprise it carries forth on that so i think you need to have a kind of a balance a balance in the force if you will of star trek to carry it forward you can't have all one or all another and and even though uh, this doesn't you could say well this has only character work this is the third part of the story whether intentional or not and there is science fictiony stuff in it you know people beaming aboard and there is a crab crane over the enterprise and reports still being filed and someone's raising atlantis so there is science fiction in it it's just it's just handled subtly with the uh subtly with uh the emotional family stuff around it subtly yes yes yeah sabotage sabotage yeah i think that's one of the reasons why i like this one so much is um uh, I think sometimes when Star Trek before this point would sometimes get into trouble was that there was this feeling that like, you know, you could see Gene or someone saying like, but what's the, what's the gimmick? What's the shtick? Like, um, you know, think about, um, I mean, going back to court martial, you know, so in the, in TOS, you know, there's a, there's a whole episode about, Kirk's on trial and he's, you know, and it's a courtroom drama. Awesome. How does it end? Kirk <laughs> having fisticuffs. <laughs> like, you know, and that was the TOS thing was like, you know, there's got to be a fight or something. But even in, in Next Generation, it wasn't always like a fight, but there always felt like there had to be this like, but there's got to be like the Star Trek gimmick or something. Otherwise, we can't do it. Uh, and, and sometimes I think to the detriment of the story and idea they were trying to get across. And I think one of the reasons I like this one so much is that it was like, you know what? You can just play it straight. You don't always need it to be about, 
you know, reattuning the, you know, deflector dish to match the resonance frequency of, you know, the harmonic um, pattern of the enemy. You, you know, you know, it doesn't. And it, it, um, it, sometimes you can just play it straight. Um, you can just do drama that just so happens to take place in space. And I think that's one of the reasons why this one, because when you want, look at what, look at best of both worlds, that still is very much, this is very much a sci-fi plot, you know, for how good it is. And it's, it's still that, whereas this just dials it all back. And that's why I think personally, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think personally for me. I, I, I think, and maybe not, um, and maybe, you know, on a subconscious level, um, I almost feel like this is the episode that has the bigger impact on the show than Best of Both Worlds, but I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts. I like what you said, peel it all back. Um, if I, I see what you're saying, I think. It's like the purest form of what what the show is all about what tng is right when you strip it all away it's these characters dealing with this kind of stuff except for data that comes next <laughs> he doesn't count <laughs> he doesn't have family <laughs> drama he's not, he's not a person <laughs> next episode next episode <laughs> give him a chance data special enough he gets his very own episode I, I i hear what you're saying but i think again it's with that balance mm. sure sure it couldn't be this. I hear what you're saying. It Fuck couldn't data. be no, this I, the whole uh, time. <laughs> no way. I I but, hear that. What, what I would think is is that 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 you the best of both worlds gave it the action input that it needed with a unstoppable enemy type of thing that gave it the excitement and family brings it home again to say, but we're also about this as well. So you have the drama that's in there. That brings it all together. So I'm think I I hear what you're saying. You think this is the stronger, in a way, it is because it has that personal drama that we can all relate to on some level. Because uh, unless you've been attacked by robotic zombie type things on a regular basis, you're not gonna have it. But Star Trek is always about adventure and dealing with it. So I think both of them stand as strong components. I can't say that one is stronger over the other. One is stronger in family and or emotional import, and the other one is stronger on adventure and uh, action, right? And it, and it carries it through. So they may be a wishy-washy answer, but it I, I think it wears through that you do have this kind of again balance between the two. I was gonna say yes, I, I agree. Balance is important. But I think like you guys are both right in a way. Um, because family is kind of the core that carries the show forward throughout the rest of the show, as you were saying earlier. Like that dynamic is always there on a certain level, even though there might be more action-intensive episodes versus uh, human drama-intensive episodes or whatever. Like they strike that balance very well from this point forward, right? Yeah, and that was you know, I'm kind of part of our thesis for this whole list was like the two things they really seem to hone in on during this period is they really start to hone in on like the character morality play stuff. And then they also raise the stakes for the show and they kind of do both of these things at the same time. And this like best of both worlds going to family is, 
you know, almost like the all all three of these episodes together really is the ultimate culmination of kind of all this. Um, and um, just really quick looking at the, the B and C plots, like I said, it's like these were put in there because uh, they were trying to put in this other kind of more sci-fi plot. They realized it wasn't working, so they put in this the Worf and Wesley stuff to you know to fill out the, the episode. Um, what do you guys think about those two plots, the Worf and Wesley stuff? Like, um, do they feel like filler, or um, um, do those also play well in this episode? They play well. It's a good theme, sewn throughout the episode. Uh, family. I agree. It, it, it it's just enough because Picard is the A, capital A story, and then with Worf and dealing with parents coming, I almost felt like you know parent day in college. Um, and then, oh great! And then you have the thing with Wesley. That was you know it's actually kind of shocking for Wesley when he thinks about it. The way he reaches for his dad and he's not even there, uh, you know, it, it's very sad. And that I think. Uh, Wheaton actually played Wesley very well through this on uh, just for that. So it does fit perfectly the original ideas of having people disappear off the ship or some sort of stowaway, I think would have been terrible. It would have been like almost a comedy at that point and then take away from that A story. Yeah, that went, you know, this episode mostly gets remembered for the Picard stuff and then to a lesser degree, like worse parents. But, you know, one of the best scenes uh, in the episode, and I always kind of forget it until I watch it, I think is the scene where Wesley's dad, Wesley's watching the message. Wesley has one line only at the very end. It's mostly just his dad, Jack, just monologuing at him. I think it's one of the best scenes in the whole episode. Um, It always is a really powerful moment, and it's kind of the saddest um, little story in the whole episode. Even with Picard and his trauma, at least he kind of gets like a – I can keep for you know moving forward, but Wesley is like, yeah, my dad's dead. <laughs> Still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. very powerful. Oh, sorry, very guy. bitter, mostly bitter, a little bit of sweet. He gets to see a piece of his dad that he never had before at the same time, right? So, like any little memory of that is going to be precious to him, even if it is sad that he's gone. Yeah, and like he gets to see himself in the uniform, and his dad's in the uniform. So there is this kind of like, wow, like uh, here I am, like you know, um, growing up. Um, yeah, it is a really good moment. D- d- definitely the most underrated moment of the whole episode, I would say. Um, Michael Pillar, her his daughter was born shortly before this episode was being produced. So he has gone on record saying that like, yeah, that moment where he's speaking, Jack is speaking to Wesley, that for him was the biggest moment. Cause he was like, yeah, that was like everything I was feeling about my daughter at the moment. Um, um, this is the first episode of TNG to have no scenes filmed on the bridge. Not once were they on the bridge. Um, and this is the first episode that gives Chief O'Brien his official rank of Chief Petty Officer. Um, and it's the first time they explicitly reveal that there are non-commissioned officers in Starfleet this episode. Uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Didn't they also call, call him a name also? 
or no? They uh, call him Chief O'Brien. Isn't this the first time they call him O'Brien? Well, no, they've called him O'Brien, but this is the first, also the first time they reveal his full name is Miles Edward O'Brien. Um, when he's speaking with uh, Worf's dad. Um, yeah, a few little fun little behind the scenes. It's always fun to see because this is another one of these um slice of life episodes kind of that they do every now and then and i always loved what these were almost more interesting to me as a kid because sometimes you would get these little details on either like how the world works um and some of this other stuff which you know isn't the most important thing but like i loved all getting all the little details especially in these days when they weren't so focused on it it just felt like any little crumbs you could get about how how this world works i was like oh yeah <laughs> it's the lore. It makes it interesting. It's it's you know, and and to see the NCOs as opposed to just guys in karate gis uh, as enlisted <laughs> in TOS, you know, it's yeah. it's interesting to see that, it, it, and to have some retired guy come up. Oh yeah, I served on that. Yeah, you know, don't call me sir. I work for a living. Cliche military line. It's it was a lot of fun just makes the world feel more lived in and i know some people criticize it's like you know the canon and stuff isn't important i would agree to a point in that like for me like the canon and the lore is probably the on the bottom of my list of priorities but i'm like but in the end it's like any good story even if it's just a one-off just little family drama story has no science fiction or anything you know the devil's in the details yeah, if you're just painting with broad strokes all the time, it doesn't feel real or believable. But all those little details that seem like they're just superfluous, it just helps really ground everything. And I would say for something like Star Trek, that's even more like Paramount that you get people to believe in the show. It, it, it adds a, a degree of realism. If you take a look, it, it, you could even go beyond the chief fact that Picard is not beaming to his uh, brother, to the family house. He's walking. He, there's people still talk of parades. There's other things going on beyond the ship. Those little tiny details. Like, you know what? There is a world beyond the Enterprise. People are doing other things. My wife still brags about me being a supervisor. Yeah, that still happened today. Like, yeah, my wife said that I'm the best blank uh, ever. But, you know, there's 50 of us that do the same thing. But, uh, you know, that that happens. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. You see people like that in your own lives. You're like, oh yeah, here we go again. You know, it, it's it's the same thing. There's there's a world beyond the ship, and I think that that carries through in this episode, among others. But those little tiny details, as you were saying, adds to the greater wealth of the show. And uh, I, I'm a big canon fan. I think I've made that clear on the Discord as well as on others, but. You know, I, I there's points where I'm like, ah, it's close enough. But, you know, I'm not going to be upset that the rank pin on Jack Crusher seemed wrong. I mean, I didn't notice that or anything. But, you know, <laughs> but things like that, that's that's silly. But when you have it where you have the enriched story of it, the, what's going on in the their real world, you can relate to pieces of it. Or like, oh, yeah, they're still drinking coffee. Still. Right. They're still mayors running towns on Earth. Right. And- yeah. yeah, exactly. Blue ribbons for a great, for a wonderful uh, essay on Starship, <laughs> on anything. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get a blue ribbon. I suck, I guess. <laughs> of course you did. You got all the ribbons. <laughs> um, 
any final thoughts on family? I love my family. <laughs> oh, I love my family. I I got to hang out with my dogs and talk about family. That was pretty awesome. Aww. I have Matt to make sure that they. I have to make sure they haven't destroyed the living room again. And <laughs> I can't wait to do the dishes that are waiting, but I still love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, thank you for uh, being part of our Star Trek stories family. <laughs> thank you for inviting us, inviting me. I I'm, I feel honored to be part of the Renaissance and part of the family. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, well, Matt, well, we we will definitely have you on again. It's been really fun to have you on it. and chat. And I know um, we won't go straight into our silly Discord chats on both Star Trek stories and Penske file. <laughs> okay, I'm sure we will. I look forward to it. Hell yeah! Um, thank you, you guys for having. You. Thank no, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> and thank all of you at home for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah, next week, um, Aaron and I, we're just going to be hanging out and looking back on this last batch of episodes. We just finished um, the TNG Renaissance. Um, and we'll be sharing our thoughts and feelings on just kind of uh, what we watched recently. I always like doing those with you, Aaron. Those are always a blast. The thoughts and feels. I'll bring a pizza or something. Hell yeah. Um, we'll also be doing a teaser for nerd movies three. Um, so you won't want to miss that one. Um, I always love doing those nerd movies as well. So got a new one coming down the pike, not a space movie, not a superhero movie, something a little different. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Matt, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thanks. Good night. We will Mom, Dad, you're embarrassing me. Stop. <laughs> I must bear this humiliation alone. <laughs> uh, that's when, when no. people talk to me about my Star Trek podcast. So talk about your Star Trek podcast. I must uh. bear this humiliation alone. <laughs> well, there that's he is, Mr. Podcaster. <laughs> you cannot understand. Uh, <laughs> all right. Good night, everyone. Um, we will see you all. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com, or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.